Peace, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Behold Pop Culture, the show where we take a look at some prominent people, figures, and events in pop culture today and in the past and try and see what lessons we could take away from them. Today is Friday, September 18th. I hope everyone is doing well. I've been seeing a lot of people settling into what's being considered the new normal. But aside from that, we have a lot to get to here. I'm just seeing today TikTok is getting ready to be banned. We have a a full slate ahead, so I'll jump right in with the sports section and begin with the series, two series here that I called last week completely wrong. I'll start with my Raptors-Celtics take, the less surprising one. I rode with my pick of the Raptors, and they couldn't get the job done. It was a good game. It went down to the wire, but in the end, Lowry had a costly foul that took him out the game. Tatum was playing great offensively. Marcus Smart's defense, he was getting charges, all types of maneuvers. And my pick was wrong, so I have to own up to that. The Celtics look like they have a great young core. Their scoring, when it gets going, is almost impossible to stop. And if I'm being honest, I thought the Celtics would be able to compete pretty heavily with the Heat. But today, on the day of this recording, the Heat are now up 2-0. And I have to say now that I am confident the Heat will finish this series. But we'll get to that after I address another pick of mine. The Denver Nuggets and the Los Angeles Clippers. The Clippers were anything but sharp out there. They really look like those scissors that they give to kids that can barely cut through the paper. Because they mentally just completely checked out of this series. I was completely confident that Kawhi Leonard, Paul George, Patrick Beverly, this great team, great talent, a supposed great coach in Doc Rivers would be able to get the job done. But lo and behold, these guys just were on another planet. I couldn't give you a logical explanation for why they lost. It seemed as if their chemistry was completely shattered after the Nuggets won the first game being down 3-1. The Nuggets looked like a team that had been together for a very long time, and the Clippers looked like they took some talented players and threw them on the court together. They were missing open shots, and getting torched on defense. Nikola Jokic, who is rarely regarded as a offensive talent, looked like the second coming out there. Him and Jamal Murray were just launching threes, and it opened up the entire offense for all the other players. I was in awe watching these games. I could not believe that the Clippers blew a 3-1 lead. And I have to say, this is an asterisk on the Clippers' legacy. I think most logical people, including myself, would say that the Clippers had this one. So even though I will say I made the bad call here, I don't think it's a testament to my basketball acumen being questionable. I think this is just a conversation over 
how good Kawhi Leonard truly is and the underrated importance of chemistry, not just in basketball, but in life. This is a perfect intersection with the life skill that is being able to work as a team. In any career, when a team has no chemistry, you could have the most talented players in every single role, and you're not likely to achieve the success that you're expected to, as the Clippers did. This topic is becoming a little bit more trendy as we shift towards Zoom learning, and people are trying to figure out how to acquiesce, how to work together through the online format, but I'm confident we'll figure it out. Coming out of that series, I don't have any extremely tactical assertions to make. It's just simply one team building their chemistry in time for the playoffs and one team not getting that done. And that'll transition us to the Nuggets-Lakers series that will follow this up, where I'll make my prediction here, though I am surprised to say the least about the Nuggets' performance and their chemistry, I still believe LeBron is the best player in the world. I still believe Anthony Davis is a top five talent, a snubbed defensive player of the year, and the Lakers have some solid role players around two phenomenal players. So here I go again. I am taking the Lakers to defeat this Nuggets squad and make it to the finals. Without much more to be said there, we'll check in next week. And I'll make my brief analysis of what's going on with the Miami Heat right now. I think that the Celtics have all the firepower to win, but the Heat are invigorated by Jimmy Butler at the moment. Bam out of bio made of one of the best playoff plays I've ever seen, blocking Jason Tatum at the end of game one to seal the deal. And in game two, Miami down 20 points just started torching the Boston Celtics. They started employing a zone defense, a defense that isn't written about much in the league. But when employed, it means that your team has a gaping hole in their offensive scheme. We're at a crossroads here where the question is becoming, can the Celtics coach Brad Stevens outsmart the veteran multiple championship winner Eric Spolstra who's coaching a heat squad without a superstar per se but Jimmy Butler puts his entire heart and soul into the team playing great defense coming up with so many clutch plays he's not a player that you're going to put in the LeBron Kawhi Durant conversation he's not a top 10 talent But he has some intangibles that are so difficult to find in the league today that makes his value up there in the conversation. Allowing me to conclude the basketball section with my two picks, the Lakers and the Miami Heat, to be our NBA Finals championship team. We now have enough content for a second part of the sports section. I admit that There are some sports that I've been omitting. I'll give some brief attention to them. Hockey has been having a hotly contested playoffs. Baseball is heating up as well. But 
I have to be genuine here, and genuinely, the two sports that I'll be talking about will be basketball and football. Granted, if there's some particularly notable stories that I believe should be addressed, for example, the Houston Astros cheating, I will address them, but I wanted to clarify that this will be a predominantly basketball and football populated section for our sports. So I'll give a quick recap on what happened in week one of NFL football where I have to say it looked exactly the same as the games look with fans. Though there were stadiums that had some fans, it didn't change anything. The camera angles that they used, they they need a raise because the game looked exactly as if there were fans there. I admit that a team like the New Orleans Saints doesn't have the same advantage of the fans screaming so loud that you can't hear what plays you're calling, but the NFL somehow got it done. Their hope right now is that no one catches corona, but if they continue down this path, I could see them not losing much money here outside of the obvious ticketing. In review of the games that occurred, I found that there were five notable stories that I wanted to address. The first of which is Tom Brady, who left the Patriots team where he got so many rings with to find a new home in Tampa Bay. And the expectation as such Tom Brady often regarded as the greatest quarterback of all time is that they instantly become a title contender. And they looked anything but that in their first game. Mike Evans, their starting wide receiver one, was hurt. So I cut them a little bit of slack there. But they started the game looking great. They begin with a Tom Brady rushing touchdown. Surprising. But he's done it several times before. So I can't be too surprised about it. But man, he looked washed up. The two words that any NFL quarterback fears hearing. His deep accuracy still looked decent, but he didn't look like the type of quarterback that's going to command a high-powered offense. That doesn't mean they can't win games, but it means that The Tampa Bay Buccaneers being the highest scoring offense this year looks like a far-fetched dream. I won't say too much more there. They lost to the Saints in a commanding loss. And we'll just have to keep our eye out on if Tom Brady picks it up and starts to get into better momentum with that team. The second story is the Cleveland Browns are still the Cleveland Browns, a bad news team that just can't find the right mix of talent to be a contender. Now, on the date of this recording, last night the Browns actually won their game kicking off week two, but it was against the Cincinnati Bengals, probably a bottom five team in the league, meaning, yes, they have a win on their record now, But they're coming off of getting blown out by the Baltimore Ravens. 
and squeaking, just barely squeaking past a bottom five team with a five-point win. That does not look great for their prospects. They have a they have a solid schedule left, but they're going to have to pick up some serious momentum if they want to enter Super Bowl conversations. As we keep an eye on that very talented team underperforming, just as the Browns are being the Browns, we have the Cowboys being the Cowboys. As the Dallas Cowboys coming into the season, as they have multiple times before, being a top talent, purely on talent, being one of the best teams in the league. And they come in and have a far from high-powered offense and a somewhat lackluster defense as they let Jared Goff have a field day. He didn't even need to throw the ball much. They scored their touchdowns on the ground and won only scoring 20 points. The Cowboys are in serious trouble if they acquired all of this talent to not be either a top 10 team offensively or a top 10 team defensively. How about them Cowboys, as Stephen A. Smith always says? This is a story that America will be keeping their eye on as the Dallas Cowboys are frequently regarded as America's football team. People like me who just are watching for entertainment, we'll see if the Cowboys end in a train wreck or for the first time in a long time, look like a serious Super Bowl contender. Speaking of teams that look like a contender, the Pittsburgh Steelers played my New York Giants on Monday and they started off looking a little shaky on offense. James Conner couldn't get anything going for himself, and Big Ben wasn't making any crazy plays. But that defense, the Steelers have a defense that looks borderline historical. Again, this was the New York Giants, so you can't go too crazy, but the talent and scheme on that side of things is scary. If I'm any team facing the Steelers, I am trying to get as creative as possible to defeat them. And after the defense got going pretty instantaneously, the offense came back and responded the same way. The offense started kicking things into gear. Juju Smith-Schuster was scoring multiple touchdowns. The run game started getting going. They just looked like a true contender. There'll be an interesting story as Big Ben Roethlisberger is a comeback story of the year right there with Cam Newton, who came back with two rushing touchdowns and looked solid as well. And the only other thing I wanted to know with week one was two quarterbacks who we know have the talent to be top five in the league, probably unanimous top five talents, but their team scheme or because of injuries, have prevented them from putting up top five numbers at times. And I'm, of course, referring to Russell Wilson and Aaron Rodgers, who came out week one and torched their opponents. At ease, it it seemed way too easy for them. 
the talent that we all know about shined and they just lit their teams up. Just touchdown, touchdown, yards, yards. Their team wasn't even worried about the run game. So while this isn't a content-filled story to address, I just wanted to point out that we might be seeing some big years from some talents that had relatively suspect performances because of their team's run-heavy schemes. And if these teams have both of their quarterbacks looking like this, they've got some serious contenders to look out for. And that was all I wanted to address there. Going into week two, I'll continue to monitor these stories and see if any new ones sprout out. If there's anything specific that you think I should be addressing more here, please let me know. And we'll make the appropriate amendments to this section. And with that being said, we'll move on to the music section where there wasn't any highly anticipated releases. I'll note that Little Tekka dropped a new album. I'm not looking forward too much to that, but I'll give it a listen. Alicia Keys dropped a new album that I'll give a listen and report back on. But for this section, because there was no highly anticipated releases... I wanted to reserve the time to discuss what's been happening with the forever intriguing Kanye West, who has been going on a continuous, I believe the appropriate word for it is rant, but I found his messages to be pretty interesting this time, as everyone's just laughing at what's going on. He peed in a Grammys, doing a lot of attention-grabbing things, but when you look at this with an eye for what he's really saying, he's just trying to expose the music industry. I don't think he's saying anything that hasn't been noted before. The music industry works in a way that artists sign these contracts where they take over the ownership, and the artists find themselves in situations where they're struggling to recoup on the the loan that these companies give them. The music industry has been questioned for a long time, though it produces some celebrities and careers that pop culture adores. And Kanye is here saying that he is, and you can't deny this, he had been a superstar for a long time in the music industry, And he's looking back and feeling robbed, as most artists do feel later down the line in their career. So Kanye is seeking out his masters. He's self-reported a $4 billion man who wants to buy back his masters. He's looking at Taylor Swift, whose masters were deemed to be about $300 million. And he's willing to pay up for it. He's just finding... A way for these companies to just hand it out. It seems as if they don't want to. But he's been leaking people's numbers, just calling several important figures out. And just opening up space for artists who also feel robbed to speak out. Some even admitting that he robbed them. (laughs) I found that pretty funny. But this is an interesting story to follow. What he's doing is the type of thing that gets you a phone call from the 
the they, the people that are higher ups. I think everyone, to some extent, will be listening for this story as Kanye continues to apparently shout into the abyss that is Twitter and just see what comes of this. He comes across as if his goal is to release people from these deals, to completely rework the music industry in a way that is mutually beneficial, in a way that these industries can make their money without having to retain ownership over these artists. This is a fight that Joe Budden is currently leading the charge on, in my opinion, with podcasting. How do you oppose the monopoly that is these music business companies while also benefiting creatives? From the industry's perspective, why would I ever give this up? And they are not wrong for having that perspective. Why would I give up on a system that's made me billions of dollars, is paying for my children's 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 children, and there's nothing stopping them from continuing? On the artist side, I'm the talent. You can't profit without me. So why are you getting such a large portion? And this goes for any artist. This can go from even corporate. Should Steve Jobs have been paid so much more than Wozniak, who essentially designed the computer? There's a lot of different perspectives in this. I just will take the stance of waiting and seeing because, as I said, I want artists to get paid more appropriately. And from the label side, how do they completely redefine their business model? In my opinion, the only way this comes out good for artists is if the industry just completely crumbles. So for anyone who's a music podcast fan, this goes for entertainment as well. I've been seeing reports of actors trying to unionize. I mean, as a as a regular person, it would seem kind of strange to not side with the artists, the creatives that are producing everything. So while I side with them, I am beyond curious to see what solution is proposed here. Because these industries will do anything in their power to keep their hold reasonably so. I just will advocate for a mutually beneficial relationship to be formed. A lot of these contracts are written in such difficult-to-read jargon, such horribly aged wording that I think there should just be a complete revision. Maybe this requires a union. Maybe this requires government intervention. Whatever the case may be, I just hope there's a solution where everybody eats. Unfortunately, I'm not sure if that will be the case. We'll enter the film section where also there wasn't any particularly notable releases or things of that nature that are worth discussing. But I want to reserve the time to talk about something that I referenced in the last episode. Which is, though I wasn't hoping for anyone to lose money 
or overall take some money out of people's pockets. I hoped that the release of Mulan was a little hampered just so that the film industry could still have faith in what movie theaters can do. I am very much pro movie theaters and I'll plant my flag on that stance. And the film industry answered with what they are classifying. This is not me. What they are classifying as flops from Mulan and Tenet. Mulan, a movie that got mixed reviews, so you could somewhat credit the movie itself. But Tenet, that's receiving phenomenal reviews, also struggled to recoup. Big win for movie theaters. People, I I can deduce that people agree with me. They want movie theaters to stand I wouldn't say people intentionally didn't go for the benefit of movie theaters, but people just weren't willing to have substandard experiences, I assume. So again, win for the movie theaters. I'm happy that this happened. I want to continue to be able to see movies on the big screen with my overpriced snacks and just enjoy that. There's something vintage about it in today's age where you could just sit back in your bed or on your couch and watch everything. And that's all I wanted to note for the film section, where the gaming news this week, I have a lot to say here because they just boom, 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 just overloaded us with so much news hitting our frequencies. And I have several things I wanted to discuss, but I'll begin with something that is still topping all gaming news in the PlayStation 5. I want to talk about the console before I get into the event, so bear with me here. The PlayStation 5 at the end of the Sony event was announced to have been $400 for the digital edition, which means you have no disk drive, and $500 for the full console standard, which comes with a disk drive. And people were seemingly content with these prices. They're a little bit more than the Xbox, but they weren't outrageous the way the $1,000 reports were coming out and saying. They announced that it would be available for pre-order on Thursday, yesterday, and people were prepared. They were ready to line up at their local seller and be rushing online for the openings, and Sony just hit all of, I have to include myself in this, they hit all of us with just random releases on the day they lied. We have to call a spade a spade here. They lied. They said it was coming out on Thursday. And out of nowhere, Target, Walmart, GameStop, all these places are just opening up. We have PlayStation 5s in stock. I myself, I was in class. I didn't know what was going on. And by the end of the night, all I saw was you either got it or you didn't. And the stock is is sold out within minutes. Last night... They released it at Walmart online, and I kid you not, in 30 seconds, the PlayStations were all gone. 
So I have to give Sony a W for blowing out Xbox in terms of their news, but I also have to give them an L for their releases. This probably was strategic, probably the marketing team trying to stir it up and keep them in the news. But in terms of serving the consumer in an easy way that people will appreciate, they angered a lot of people for the benefit, I guess. I'll give them that. If you can't find a way to get access to a pre-order, it releases on November the 12th, right around holiday season. Everyone who misses out on these ridiculous pre-order plans that they have, you're going to have to go and wait in line, maybe try and get it on Black Friday. It's going to be tough. They have limited releases coming out, but I wanted to just let everyone know if you had any interest at all in getting it, what the procedure is about to be. I've been seeing a lot of memes of people asking their girlfriends to buy it or their wives to buy the system for them, trying to come up with all types of funny scenarios. Oh, we can watch your shows on here. There's exercise stuff on here. Just to get them to help out with that $500, $400 price tag and... This will be a continuing story as Sony, I guess, arbitrarily will be releasing these PlayStations in the select sellers up until the official release. With that out of the way, I can address the actual event that PlayStation Sony held where they just blew Xbox's gaming event out of the water. They had Spider-Man, who everyone's excited for because he's black, coming out with the infamous New York Timberlands and a fresh haircut looking ready to take out some bad guys, take out some evil villains. The gameplay looked clean. The graphics looked clean. The combos looked insane. This Spider-Man looks a little bit different from the standard one. He has all types of special abilities. Just without, I, I of course am recommending that you check out the, the scene if you didn't, the trailer. But without you looking at it, I can give you a 100% certified review that this looks fire. This game is a must buy if you're at all interested in Spider-Man and plan on getting the PlayStation 5. But that wasn't it. They announced a Harry Potter game for those who are into that uh, RPG where you make your own characters and it looks like you go through Hogwarts doing your thing. I wasn't even interested in a Harry Potter game and this trailer looks so good. I might have to try it out. They showed some Black Ops content, but we've already seen that. And just to note a couple more, God of War, one of the best games I've ever played in my life. A sequel was announced for that. Resident Evil for the horror fans out there. Five Nights at Freddy's for those who remember when there was a craze where all these YouTubers were probably faking getting scared by this game. They announced a new version of that. Sony just, though it started to level off after a while, the event, they came out swinging and I have to give them a B plus A minus for this event. This was solid and built up hype that was clearly associated with the random releases as if you built up enough hype 
to have your product selling out in between 10 to 30 seconds, you got the job done. And with that wrapped up, there wasn't too much elsewhere. Nintendo is still doing their thing, announcing these special Switch deals. There's the rumors of the Switch Pro and the Xbox. They, I have to admit, the Xbox One, I am consistently disappointed with Xbox for what they did there. But without the Series X coming out, we can't say it's going to be trash or not trash. We don't know. But Xbox's position that they've taken, I have to commend them here. Because while Sony was blowing them out the park with the exclusives, Xbox has taken the stance of being a easy-to-get product that has a good price on it. And they've paired it with this Game Pass that looks... It looks like it's worth it for those who are going to get the Xbox. It has a plethora of games on it, and you get a lot of bang for your buck. Um, the pricing is looking to start with $1. You could get a trial on that and just check it out and see if you enjoy the games. One interesting thing that I've seen Microsoft do is they have... A partnership, it seems like, with Samsung tablets, I believe, where they're going to make the transition seamless. You could be playing, apparently, you could be playing Forza on your Xbox and you need to go on a trip on a plane and you pause the game on your Xbox, pull out your Samsung tablet and you continue the same game on your tablet. If this is exactly how I'm interpreting it, this is a big feature for mobile gaming. Mobile gaming is honestly constantly being underrated. There's some great games on the phone, but if they have this type of transitioning, Microsoft could make some big strides here. That's something to keep an eye out for. As Sony at the moment seems to have locked up all the hype surrounding their console release, but the Xbox might be a good deal. If you're balling on a budget, that's something to look out for. The only reason I'm not interested in getting the Xbox is most of the games that I would be interested in purchasing for the Xbox. If Not that there was anything that I was really looking forward to too much. If I ever wanted to play them, considering this is the beginning of the next generation, I can see myself a couple years down the line. Just taking the money out and making the investment into PC gaming, which I think will make a big jump with the next generation. The graphics card that I had mentioned not too long ago, the 3080 for NVIDIA, I believe I pronounced that correctly. They released and sold out even quicker than the PlayStation. They dropped this super high powered graphics card that was harder to get than some new Jordans. <laughs> so that was that was funny to see as well. But I think that was the main points I wanted to hit on the gaming side of things. And that will bring us to the end of this episode. Wow, I thought that this would be a little bit longer with so much attention-grabbing content. I thought I would be able to somewhat easily pick up a PlayStation 5, but... That does not seem to be the case here.
So I'll keep you guys posted on that. And again, as always, thank you for listening to today's podcast. Please let me know what you think. Leave a like, leave a review, or just send me a message if there's something specific that you would like me to address and give my perspective on. As I start to get the hang of things with this format, I'm always looking for ways to improve. That's that's going to be my mantra for this podcast. Always looking for ways to improve. So I hope you enjoyed this episode and I'll talk to you guys next week. This is Behold Pop Culture.